One, two, three, clap. All right, ready? Yes. One, two, three, clap. Perfect. Once again, <laughs> you say one, two, three, clap, and then you clap. It fucks me up every we're not time. Supposed to be like, we're not supposed to be ending the clap on the word clap. We're not trying to time it. It's one, two, three. That's crazy. <laughs> clap is not the signal to clap? All right, so uh, I just want to make sure. Do you want me to start? Do you want me to start my hands in the clapping motion when I start to say the word? I want k- to clap when you say the word clap. Okay, but are you anticipating that I'm going to start on the k or the p of clap? The k. All right, I've been going on the p because that's just how my brain works. But I can start. It just, it, to me, it, it seems like we we should go one, two, three. The the clap action. Okay. And the clap is just to like this is like this is the moment where it happens. All right. If, I mean, if it's easier for you to edit, I'm, I'm just, I know you're going to leave this in. I'm just saying, it, as a, it makes me look like an asshole. As a long-standing member of the rock paper scissors community, um, when we shoot, it's one, two, three, shoot, and we all shoot on the T of shoot. But that's wild. If you, no, you, you want to shoot, it up is for the, the simultaneous game, action. You are you are wrong. <laughs> all right. You are wrong. I, I'm just a rock paper scissors certified judge, but you know. I don't, what do I know? You know, it's very little. I'm learning. It's so, very frustrating. For me. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Horus with your hosts <laughs> Kevin, and joining me today, as always, is my co-host Walter. Great to see you, Kevin. Nice it's been you. a while since we've talked. I'm very happy to talk to you again. Yeah, that's why he's so sassy today. Is he's just trying to get <laughs> out months months worth of not seeing me on camera. It's pent up. Um. Boy, I was trying to think of a segue, but I couldn't think of anything clean for It's Pent Up. Anyways. No, I don't think there is something. We're back. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed that episode from The Vault. We were talking about some of our old episodes before we started to record today. Maybe I'll go back and release some of those because I know we have some bangers. We have the circumcision dialogue yeah. from American Werewolf in London. We have another episode where I don't remember what happened, but we go into like an uncontrollable fit of laughter for seven minutes. Yeah, we, I don't remember we, what it was. We didn't edit we're it. We're gonna track out. it down. We left it in. No, no. I think you you said we we're gonna edit it out, and that I insisted. No, no, no. We have the episode. This is the stuff we need. We have the episode where I tricked you into watching an anime thriller instead of like an actual horror film. But you know what? In Vampire Hunter D. Oh yeah, I guess that's. But in retrospect, yeah. I think we both agree that horror doesn't mean it has to be scary. It just has to have some some elements in it. So I think. You know, twenty twenty two wise, Kevin and Walter would classify it as a horror movie and not a thriller. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Speaking of not scary, the movie this week, hey oh really? I, I don't believe that. It's all right. Yeah, no, we'll, I don't we'll no, get into this. Um we're talking about the Exorcist this week, nineteen seventy three yeah, classic. American classic. Yes, right. And before we get think too American. far into it, the theme from the Exorcist, that's in Halloween, right? Uh I don't. I mean, like it's recycled. The tubular, in it? the tubular bells theme. Yeah. I think it's similar, but I don't think it's the same. Huh. I swear to God, I've heard the theme from this movie somewhere else before. I mean, it's a great theme. It's, it I'm sure it's yeah. been like used in something, perhaps in like a parody. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm sure it also has influenced a lot of horror things, including the Halloween theme, because it is. I, I was scrubbing through the movie just a few minutes ago, and like, God damn, that is a great creepy score. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're talking about The Exorcist, and uh, do you want to do how we felt about the movie right up top? 
Sure, let's let's do it. I, I would like you to start this I time. I feel like I always I always yeah, yeah. okay. I, I don't I don't really have much to say. I loved it. It was fantastic. There's scenes in the movie that are like tropes. We get a lot of cultural references to them, and I thought that that would ruin the ability of those scenes to scare me. But the mm, scene yeah. where she kind of crab walks down the stairs was actually that, unsettling. I got goosebumps. That part always fucks me up. Yeah, yeah, and the scene where. Uh, she's stabbing herself with the crucifix was yeah. also like genuinely disturbing. And it's mm-hmm. like, dude, this is a movie from the seven. This must've blown people's minds. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't, I don't know how they got away with some of this stuff in this movie. And yeah, I wonder, I wonder if people going to church spiked after this movie came out, if people were like, I gotta go to Latin mass. <laughs> just, yeah. I've been living my life wrong. Um, yeah, I saw this movie, uh, uh, listener, that was your phone buzzing. That wasn't mine. That was yours. Um, I saw this movie in high school. This is probably the second time I've seen this movie. I think maybe maybe one more time in between. And the the like two scenes I clearly remembered are the crab walk down the stairs and the uh, stabbing herself with the crucifix. I've never like, those are two very very visceral scenes for me. I've never seen this movie before. And oh really? The thing, was, yeah. the thing that's crazy is it feels like this is a scarier movie than kind of some of the more recent possession films we've got. Yeah, I think about like Insidious. Um, mm, I yeah. think part of the problem with why Insidious didn't land with me as well as this movie did when I watched it was I was like borderline blackout drunk when I watched Insidious. <laughs> and I was <laughs> I may have something to do with that. I was ripping yeah. on the movie the whole time. I was like, oh come on, the dad's gonna go into her dreams and be the rainbow dream warrior. Watch, that's the end <laughs> of this movie. And like sure enough, that's the end of the movie. That's, yeah. <laughs> but, I yeah, nothing destroys horror faster than like talking over it and cracking jokes. And being um, drunk. I, but, yeah, and, and being drunk. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a surprise. Um, the the faux confidence alcohol gives you ruins horror's ability to steal. <laughs> yeah. Um, if only they could do a study on that. Who'd have thought? But anyways, yeah. If you've if you've never seen this movie, I really can't recommend it enough. This is one of the best horror movies I think I've ever seen. A lot of the scary moments still land. It's not gonna be a movie where you're like, I can't go to sleep tonight, but it is like unsettling. And we've talked about it before on the Wailing and a couple other episodes. Possession films usually I think are really scary. Um, yeah. and this one like kind of checks all the boxes for things I think like a scary possession film needs to have. Yeah, I, I get that. And I know we we've talked a lot about how possession is kind of the the biggest, you know, scare factor for you uh, in movies. Uh, it just I mean, I don't know. I was, I mean, I was really raised with religion, not, not a Catholic, like all, all those rules and rituals kind of thing. So maybe that's why it doesn't quite connect with me. Um, but I, it, it, this movie has a reputation for being the scariest of all time or it did for a while at least. And so I think when I first saw it as a teenager, that's, that's another thing that will ruin a horror movie for you. Seeing it as a teenager who wants to nitpick everything. Um, I was a little underwhelmed by it. And now years later, uh, like I, I, let me come out and say it. I think this is a good movie. Yeah. I think it's a very good movie. Uh, but it does not, it, it does not affect me, uh, in a lot of ways that, uh, I think, it, or, which I think is more of a shortcoming on my part. You know, it's like the, the things that are most scary about it are the things that I have the least connection with, I think. Um, so, I watched the director's cut of the movie. I didn't look up the difference of what yeah. like, the director's cut adds in, but I just kind of figured that 
is the easiest to get a hold of. So why not just watch it instead of trying to track yeah. down an original cut? I, I meant to ask you that because I, I also watched the director's cut and that's, I feel like I might have liked this a little bit more with uh, a few more trims in there. Really? Yeah. I the, I feel like the beginning uh, was, is kind of meandering uh, where we're uh, uh, following Father Marin in the, the Middle East and uh, then he just disappears for like an hour and a half from the rest of the movie. So, yeah, I guess... <clears throat> let's let's get into it. I like the beginning. Yeah. I like that really cool tracking shot we get of the boy running. I just thought it was a cool shot. And yeah. I like that we get introduced to Father Marin as this kind of like esoteric in the field doing the work, you know, your mm-hmm. lunch pail Catholic out there fighting <laughs> demons on the work site. Um that he's <laughs> yeah. not he's not someone that just like kind of sits in a cloister all day like theoretically studying the stuff he's out he finds that you know little creepy demonic statue and then he finds you know the people guarding like the big bigger temple of evil-esque statue out in the desert i like that about father marin i thought it was really good establishes a lot and then when he comes back later in the film and it's like well we there's only one priest we know that's done an exorcism in 20 years um it worked because you're like oh shit yeah father marin that guy yeah i I get that. I just, when I was watching it this time, and they were like, "We need to call Father Marin, bring him in." I was kind of like, "Oh, that's right. Shit, I forgot about him already." Because mm-hmm. I, I just forgot that he's barely, kind of barely in this movie. The exorcism itself takes up so little yeah. of this film. Yep. I have that as a note uh, towards yeah. the end of the movie: is that the exorcism is so close to the end. And something I'll say um, for the listeners is this is a very visual movie. It yes, it yeah. feels. Like, I didn't take a lot of notes. I mean, I didn't take a lot of notes. I have a page of notes. Mm. But it feels like this is a movie you really do need to watch. It's, like, hard to describe all the things that are going on in it. And something I appreciated was the slower pace of the movie. And it feels like we start to get more and more paranormal events as the movie Mm -hmm. goes on. Because, I mean, at at the first part where Father Marin, you know, cracks the head off that statue and... It seems like he thinks something is amiss after he does that. That's why he leaves so quickly. All we get is like a couple looks of him looking directly into the camera, shocked and terrified. And we don't get like, you know, a flashing screen with a demon face or, you know, plates flying around in a room or anything like that. Yeah, it is a very slow burn. And and they do a good job of building up the atmosphere. Um, Again, I think it takes a little while to get going or it, it... I guess when it, stuff finally starts happening, that feels like it comes a lot faster than it's been building up to. But I, um, I do see what you but, mean though about the movie having that slow pace initially, because I do think we're with Father Marin for almost fifteen minutes at the start of the mm-hmm. film. Yeah, that sounds about right. And hey, yeah, and just because he doesn't interact with anyone or appear for the next hour, hour and a half, it's mm-hmm. to me just felt a little uh, like. All right, because I know there's a possessed girl in this movie. When are we going to meet her? <laughs> well, and, and you know, we get introduced to the family around the 15 minute mark. Reagan and her mom, and I like mm-hmm. that they kind of cast her mom as this um, modern woman, or she's written as this modern woman. You know, yep. she isn't the the father's estranged from the family. She's like an actress. You know, later on in the movie, we have a scene of her partying, and she's partying with like priests, other celebrities, film directors, yep. astronauts, randomly. Um, and politicians. Yeah. And so it's like she is kind of set up to be like this metropolitan modern woman. And I thought that was a really cool casting choice with how 
in the film, they exhaust like all the scientific explanations for the possession. Yeah, they they go through uh, quite a lot of <laughs> various medical procedures and things. Where I, I did you feel like there was sort of a anti psychiatry bent in this movie? Um, you're talking to someone that is anti psychiatry, so oh, am I? I didn't yeah. realize. Um, good. I. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I forgot uh, what level are you in the Scientology? Uh, did you, is the one where you have to like, go on the boat to be moved up? Um, I have my thetans removed. I don't. <laughs> is it zero thetans? Yeah. Right? I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know anything about it. But I think the movie um, does have a little bit of like an anti science bend to it. But I, I would yeah. say the, the anti science bend is more just like. There are some things that we can't explain with science. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's not, it's I, not like they look directly at the camera and like, and this is why you shouldn't trust the evil science teachers at university. Yeah, I, I guess I felt like the the psychiatrists and scientists and doctor characters were uh, kind of like cold and dispassionate. They were the ones um, that floated the idea of getting an exorcism done. They were the ones. True, they were the ones that were like. We've tried everything, but we think there's this scientific term called, you know, possessionist exterminus or something. Like, yeah. I don't know, get a priest and have her exercised. <laughs> yeah, we, we did all the things we can do. Just make, make her someone else's problem. But so something else we get kind of towards the beginning of the film, Ouija board. I don't know if this is yep. a trope at this point in horror films, but I just I've learned never trust a Ouija board. If someone's like, I got a Ouija board, I'm leaving. I'm not religious, but I'd just be like, look, man, I've seen enough horror films to know you don't fuck with Ouija boards. Really? I do you mean like in, in your real life, you don't fuck with Ouija boards? No, I wouldn't. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I, oh, they're like, it's a brand name by like Hasbro. Like they're not, look, man, I'm tuned into the, I don't know. It's tarot cards. Another one. I've seen enough horror movies. Really? I'm not trusting them. All right. Right. Um, going into a shed full of rusty chainsaws? Nuh-uh, not me. Well, no I mean, it could fall over and give you tetanus. Of course you don't go into the shed of rusty chainsaws. When we're lost in the woods splitting up, I'm not doing it. I'd just be like, look, guys, <laughs> I know how this movie ends. Yeah. So something else that's cool, though, is we get some um, nice shots of Damien kind of working through his uh, conflicted sense of faith. And him yep. still having to like kind of tell other priests, like, I don't know, man, chill out find god bro yeah, you're, you're doing good yeah. yeah don't worry about it it's, what, what are you gonna do at this point in your life just stick with it yeah i i uh really liked his character i thought he was an interesting thing where he's uh, uh his faith is so heavily challenged and i did like all the stuff with his mother mm-hmm. leading up to it that was kind of the one that i feel like was probably added to the director's cut or expanding the director's cut where it, it felt like we spent a lot of time him dealing with his mother and the fallout that the emotional fallout he feels after uh, she passes. And gosh, when he goes to the, the like uh, care facility where she's being taken care of and just is like swarmed with people asking him to take them away. Oof. Mm. Oh, that's so depressing. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's like I said, I feel like every character in this movie is really, really well-written. Yes. And it's, yeah. I don't know if that's just because, maybe modern films don't have as strong of characters. They're relying more on like um, plot narrative, overall plot narrative to get a message mm-hmm. across instead of complicated characters. But yeah, Damien's good. I really like him. I love those scenes with his mother where she's like asleep in her chair at home, listening to Greek radio. And he's like, mom, come on, move in with me, you know, New York. 
or whatever. <laughs> Flawless impression. <laughs> so good. <laughs> um, and just kind of the, the strong sense of like, she's like, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die in my own home. And I like too, that it's not Damien's choice that puts her in that institution. Somebody else made that choice for him. Yeah. And, you know, he's conflicted because he feels like he should have done more, even though he's not the one that put her in that situation to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the the uncle telling him to like, well, maybe if you'd been a famous psychiatrist, you would have been, she would have been fine. And like putting that on him, like the, the such, that's such a, a cruel thing to do. Like the life, the choice you made for your life has now uh, it cursed your mother is, is what that guy is saying. And something else that's cool is we get our first jump scare on that point. Where it's just like yep. a little flash of a demon face, um, yep. which I didn't get scared by, but I was just like, "Really, jump scares in mm-hmm. Exorcist?" Uh, <laughs> are those think. are those in the original cut or? Uh, I don't know. I, I couldn't say. Um, um, something else that I thought was interesting was even kind of the side characters we don't spend a lot of screen time with, like the people at the party. They're all costumed in a way that like you can kind of very clearly tell who's who mm-hmm. at the party. I thought that was fun. And I like that the director uh, she's working with is like kind of this right. neck hippie guy. And he still is like enough of a patriot that he's trying to pick on the Swiss butler by calling him a Nazi. And <laughs> yeah. I, just, I, I feel like that's a character trope that's just kind of like been lost a ton. That's like very specific to that era in America of like, I might be a hippie in opposed to the Vietnam War, but I'm not going to tolerate being in the room of a, with a Nazi. <laughs> Yeah, I, I th- it was a it's a fine line to be like that obnoxiously, but also somewhat charmingly drunk. Like he's for sure in the wrong. Oh yeah, that guy insists that he's Swiss, and so he should have dropped it. But it there and is being a dick. But there's still something about him that's like, ah, Burke, you you silly goose. Yeah, what a strange party. What a what yeah. an eclectic mix of guests. And the other thing that's weird when you watch these movies, and again, this sounds. This is going to make me sound like a boomer, but no one's on their phone. There's no TV on. They're just like all <laughs> hanging out, listening yeah, to music. They're around the piano. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just sing, sing some of those old ragtimes. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I thought it looked like a fun but strange party. Because I if I went to a party now and they're like, no phones, no TV, we're only playing live music. I'd be like, what the fuck did I say? <laughs> yeah. For? What cult? And then they, they bring out the, the Thaden meter and yeah. they test you. Yeah. I'd be turning up. I'd be Burke at the party. I'd be like, all right, <laughs> if you guys are boring, I'm getting wasted. I'm, I'm going to shit face and start accusing people of being Nazis. Um, uh, briefly on, and Burke on the, and the movie that they were making, there's, uh, it, I found it interesting because she's, filming a scene where she's like trying to break up this uh, student protest going on or she's the, I think she's supposed to be a professor or something in that in the movie within the movie um, and she says something like if you want to affect change you have to do it within the system which maybe it's just because I've been uh, living in America within the past month but that oh that, that mindset has not served <laughs> country well uh, yeah I thought it was charming I was like oh this yeah. in the 70s too huh yeah it, it just felt like oh oh lady you need to maybe maybe the students had a point there that you should listen to um but yeah we don't need to get uh too political in there but uh fuck the supreme court moving on so um moving on i don't think i have anything else 
Yeah, the party scene is where things kind of pick up. Reagan comes down and really start acting or behaving oddly. Yeah, and then after that we get... They know something's wrong with her. It's obvious something's wrong with her. And then we get this primitive cat scan scene that it's like the the medical scenes in this movie really stick out as like grotesque and like hard to watch. It's a combination of like, it was so primitive then that Mm -hmm. it just felt way more gory than when you get medical scenes in movies now. Yeah, yeah, it's... There, there's it, all the like procedures and technology they're doing. It felt like like eh, this is the first time we're trying these things out. Mm-hmm. Like, and the machines are all like huge and encompassing and and just scary and mechanical. Yeah, yeah. the the kind of violent mechanical crashes when it's doing the yeah. cat scans and it has to change the slide between every you know little image mm-hmm. it takes, every little X ray it takes of her skull um, was just like tough to watch as an audience member. And I can't imagine if you're the kid strapped in that machine that you'd be like, well. This is a fun time. I'm loving this. Yeah, that's that's gotta be terrifying <laughs> for you. I the the one thing that did kind of affect me that uh, about this movie is uh, the you know the uh, parent child relationship and scene. I can't go through that, and I can imagine and and those ski, those scenes in the medical facility like are affecting where it's like this scary unknown thing mm-hmm. uh, going on inside of her. Well, it's, and then, on addition, the the horrifying process of trying to get to the bottom of it. And it's tough, too, because it's established that Reagan and her mom have a really good relationship. Yeah. It's not like her mom's like, all right, honey, uh, go to bed. I got to go to a party with politicians tonight. <laughs> yeah. She's like, what did you do today? Oh, tell me about this horse you saw. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, she does seem like a really good and, like, present mother. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a lot of good groundwork for, for setting them up. And so when... When you see, uh, I think her name is Chris in the movie. When you see her like starting to unravel, you understand like how much she must be feeling well, for losing her daughter. And they don't give us like little title cards to give us kind of a timeline of how long this all takes. But this is like I don't think so. No. Months of her life is dedicated yeah. to this. It's it's at least three months of it is dedicated to dealing with these problems and the kind of escalation of events that happened. And we're like an hour into the film before things of the possession really start escalating. And at the yeah, 54, before we get like solid yeah, evidence. At the 54 yeah. minute mark, I have a note that just says, boy, that escalated quickly. And I believe yeah. that's the scene when the mom goes into the room with Reagan um, and the bed's flopping around. And then the next scene after that we get is Reagan crawling down the stairs, doing the crab walk down the stairs. Yeah, Vomit blood. Both those scenes, I, they're, they're both very scary scenes, but both of them just like end abruptly. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems odd, like... Man, how, what happened after? I'm very curious what happened after. Like, how did, you, did she crab walk back up the stairs? Like, all right, I vomited some blood. Bye. And how does how does the mom explain that away to the hired help? Like, she's just got a little psychosis. <laughs> yeah. it's not a big deal. Don't even worry about it. Yeah. Uh, early, I think before that, like the doctor goes to visit her and they, they like see her throat bulge out like a frog. Yep. And then he's just like, all right, Reagan, let's dish. What's going on with you? I was like, you deserve that slap in the face, doctor. Yeah. <laughs> like, and How do you see that and they're not like, oh, boy. And have we done, have we already had the scene at this point where she gets put under hypnosis and they're trying to figure out what's I, wrong with her? I think that comes a little later. Because it's, it's right around that time, yeah. This is about the time where the doctors, um, at like an hour or ten minutes in, are the, doctor, the round table of doctors sit down and they're like, have you considered trying an exorcism? 
<laughs> yeah. It's a primitive medical technique, but we promise it works sometimes. Yeah. Look, we tried hypnotism. That was shit. So maybe exorcism? I, I don't know. I don't know, honestly, anymore. Yeah, I... Uh, with that hypnotism scene too, I that was where I really like. I forgot how sexual the violence is in this movie. Yeah, like she grabs the the hypnot- the therapist's crotch. So there's a lot of scenes like, of her being like "fuck me, fuck me." Yeah, yeah, and like forcing her mother down into her crotch as well. Yep, or That's, stabbing yeah. herself uh, in the genitals with the crucifix. Yeah, yeah. L- lest we forget. That's <laughs> yeah. Like, like I said, that was one of the two scenes that, like, always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, because... and later on in the scenes, during the actual exorcism ceremony, she's screaming at Marin and Damien to have sex with each other. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this demon, he's a, this demon's a nasty boy. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he might have been trapped in that statue for a while. He's just, like, I mean, again, pent up. That or she got, in fact, that or she got possessed by, like, a demon fuckboy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. Um. So another character we get introduced to through the film that I thought was really cool was the police officer, the cop doing yeah, the investigation like into the murder. I liked him. He's like the perfect amount of like of no bullshit cop and scummy at the same time to like make yeah. an interesting police character, or an interesting detective mm. character in this movie. Like he hits all the tropes without being like. So over the top, you're just rolling your eyes when he talks. Yeah, he's he's an interesting character because, like, I feel like his storyline doesn't really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it's it's such a it's kind of an odd inclusion. It seems like he's just sort of there to talk to some characters and be a sounding board. But he's also like has enough interesting facets, and like the fact that he's like into movies and like wants to talk to people about that. Like he's so kind of charming that I like I didn't mind his scenes at all. Well, Even though he's kind of superfluous to the story, I felt. I'm curious because I've never seen the other Exorcist films. I'm curious if yeah. he's like a reoccurring character that we get in the Exorcist movies. Is like oh, this, yeah, I don't know. This cop, this no bullshit cop that I don't think that we get an establishment of like if he's spiritual or if he's like purely scientific and where he would fall and like does he believe in possession. Um, but he yeah. feels like the kind of guy that would be like pragmatically religious that he'd be like, well, you know, there's something to that religion. Yeah. <laughs> Again, your New York accent. Stellar. I think this movie all takes place in like DC as well. I think so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So I yeah, we I like the cop and we get the cool shot of the cop uh walking up those long stairs that I thought was like mm-hmm. just really fun. I really like those staircases this that staircase in the movie. For it being a set piece, it seems to be very involved in the story. There's a lot yeah. of events that take place on that staircase. We get some cool shots of it as well. And yeah, I, I think it's just sort of naturally creepy looking because it's it's so steep and it's so many stairs. Like I look at that, and I'm like, yeah, for sure, people have died on that, 100. <laughs> percent Not like people were stabbed, but like people have fallen down and broken everything on that. What was that it? Set of stairs. What was it that he found in the leaves? Was he? Did he find the bottom half of the demon statue? I I think it. I couldn't tell either. I couldn't tell if it was the demon statue or if it was like something from uh, uh, Regan's room uh, that like oh, he had, yeah. the yeah, yeah. guy had been holding when he fell down the steps. Um, yeah, I, I was a little unclear on what what that was too because I, I don't feel like he when he questions uh, the mom Chris after that. I don't think it comes up. 
And then this is about the time where the demon stops playing. This is when the demon's yeah. like mostly in possession of Regan. Uh, he's going buck wild. You know, he's saying all kinds of dirty things. He's being yeah. a nasty boy. <laughs> I don't know if it's the the young. I think Linda Blair is her name. The actress in the like under the makeup the whole time. I think it is. But is it? Yeah, she is great. Yeah. I mean, obviously she's not doing the voices and stuff, but like her physical performance is just top notch. She's really good in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's just like it's a combination of the makeup being really well done, the effects in yeah. this movie age very well. I thought yeah, they would look like good. dog shit, but I was like, oh yeah, practical effects look good. Uh, Fifty years later, <laughs> yeah. surprise. Who thought? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but the makeup looks really good, and she does look terrifying. I mean, the, yeah. the next note I have in here about an hour 24 is that Regan, uh, Regan looks terrifying, and I really love Damien challenging her and asking her mm-hmm. like the question of, like, okay, if my mom's in there, what's her maiden name? Yeah. I I love the those early scenes between Damien and uh, the Regan possessed, because it, like, it feels like they're really, like, needling each other, and they're sort of like a... Uh, the, they're being very kind of playful in, in figuring this out. I really, really enjoyed those scenes in particular. Um, and then, like, was almost a little disappointed when, like, the holy water comes out and uh, it's, shit start, get, starts getting real. Yeah, and I mean, the holy water scene, like you said, her physical performance is great. And the scene where Damien's, like, splashing holy water on her it was just, like, super well done. You know, yeah. it's... it's unsettling to watch when you remember it's like a kid that's been possessed by a demon but it's also mm-hmm. like just the right amount of terrifying yeah absolutely uh, and, some, and then, something else that's mind-blowing okay. is damien still doubts his faith after this he's like seen, seen <laughs> a kid possessed by a demon he's like oh you know this god stuff i don't know man <laughs> like you see the like lesions on her show show him a picture of what reagan looked like last week yeah. <laughs> and and ask him again because that there is something going on there and this is also about the time we get like the establishing shot the cover image for the movie of Marin arriving in the fog at the house and it's yes. just a beautiful yeah. shot mm-hmm. great stuff and, uh and just to give a time mark we're like an hour and 40 in to a two hour a movie that's a little over two hours for the director yeah just shot. over two hours and we still haven't yeah. had the exorcism yet I know. I, I, if you had asked me before watching this time, I would have said like, yeah, I think like the last hour is just like them in the room doing the exorcism. But no, it's it's like fifteen twenty minutes the whole scene, the whole yeah. I mean the top to bottom scene. The doctors propose getting the exorcism done at like the hour ten minute mark, and here we are, hour yeah. forty five, hour fifty, uh, and yeah. we're just about to start. Yeah, it's wild. Um, uh, and real quickly, Marion comes back in. And I think Reagan's makeup is great. I looked at it before. Max van Sydow, who plays Father Marin, was 43 uh, at the oh, time wow. of filming this movie. Hard and, 43. Well, I think he's like caked under a lot of makeup. That I don't. It looks all right, but like sometimes his wrinkles don't really move with his face. And I watching it, I was just kind of like, why did they? Why, why didn't you just hire an older actor for this? Like he's great. He does a fantastic performance. Love Max van Sydow and other things. It, it's just such a weird choice for me to be like, let's. We want a uh, older actor. We're just gonna ca- cast this like forty year old guy, and put some latex on his face. I'm convinced that people in the '70s just looked older as well. Yeah. So forty in the '70s was like seventy years old. I feel like, I mean, he he died a few years ago, but I feel like Sidow looked pretty good in in 
like those later years, like better than he does here. How, how old was he when this movie was filmed? Uh, about 43, I think, if I did my so math right. he was right. born in 1930, so he was a teen during World War II. That'll yeah, put some years that's, on you. <laughs> that's, that's some shit. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the exorcism scene uh, is great. I do. I like they, they've definitely laid the groundwork for everything by this point. And even though I like, I, I thought, think it's odd that Father Marin doesn't, isn't kind of missing for the hour and a half. It still feels like he's arriving on the scene. Like there's enough around him that we know kind of what's going on. And the, the relationship between him and Karis as they're like trying to work on this together and like figure each other out is interesting too. And just cause we, we didn't give his full name. Damien is Damien Karras, father. Karras. Yes. Damien Karras. Sorry. Yeah. And something that we get during the scene that I had been kind of waiting for throughout the whole movie was the head spinning and the pea soup vomit scene yeah. happens here. And it is, the head spinning is scary, but the vomit scene is like so much, uh, it's so toned down <laughs> compared to what you're really <laughs> expecting. Having seen like, the scary movie jokes about that scene. Yeah. It's, it is just like one, one quick bleh, but, um, still, I, I mean, I think it's gross enough. It, it, I, it's definitely gross. I would, if someone, yeah. if someone vomited pea soup on me, like, bruh, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I know you're a demon. I know you're a nasty boy, but come on, man. I'm going to go home. I'm going to sit in the shower for like two hours. And I really like too, that even with, um, a very experienced exorcist being there with, with father Marin, he gives Damien like the briefest rundown of the rules of an exorcist. <laughs> He's like, you know, the demon's going to say some wild shit. Just ignore yeah. it. It's he's going to say your mother sucks cocks in hell. Just deal with it, man. It's fine. She's probably not doing it. Yeah. So I, I really like that, that father Marin, you know, even the scene, it doesn't feel like they have enough time to prepare and that Marin just gives yeah. Damien like the, the roughest rundown of the rules. Yeah, I I like all that, um, and then uh, how it kind of plays out in the end is I mean I I think it works uh, for the movie. It does feel like a little bit like now throw all those rules out. Here's here's how you really deal with an exorcism. Mm-hmm. Um, when he like forces the demon or I don't know goads the demon into possessing. Karis goes the demon into possessing himself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just well, it what what I gathered was the out. demon had to build back up strength again because that's why mm. earlier in the film whenever um, Damien would challenge the demon to do stuff like undo the bonds or open a drawer the demon mm. didn't want to do it because I think the demon didn't have like it's demon strength meter hadn't filled yet oh interesting yeah that's and I think that's an interesting way to look at it and yeah. I think that by the time the demon was able to kill um, Father Marin was like yeah the demon had fully powered up and was ready to possess yeah. like a Maybe a harder target than a, a child, because mm, I imagine if yeah. you're a demon, you're not like yo. I want to possess a kid. I want to possess someone <laughs> that like nobody's going to take serious. If I try to be like I'm robbing a bank, um, <laughs> and it doesn't have any physical strength to like commit crimes as well. Yeah, I, I like the idea of Pazuzu. Like if he successfully possessed Father Karras, is just like all right. Now the heist. Well, I da, 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 I can't da, da, da. imagine the demons be <laughs> yeah. like. Now that I've possessed a body, I'm gonna look for a job. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna get father's you know financial situation kind of wrapped up. You know, my man's not making a lot of money. He could be making more. The demons not gonna be like grinding nine to five out there. Yeah, I mean, I I guess the demons just there to like 
slowly kill people. I don't, he's he's thinking real we, small scale. We can I think. people. Like I said, I don't think yeah. I don't think the demon's going to be on a sigma grind set, uh, <laughs> trying to grind to be a billionaire or something. I mean, again, I haven't seen the sequels. Maybe that's where the the story goes. Um, so something else I want to point out is they need to close down those stairs. It's so dangerous. What happens at the end is Father Damien gets possessed. Father Karras. Mm -hmm. He jumps out the window and falls down the stairs and dies. And so it's like, does that end the possession since the vessel that he was in dies? I guess. Yeah, I think that's what we're supposed to. But it's like they need to close down those stairs or put like a a bend in them. So if you fall down, you're not falling down like seven flights of stairs. You fall down one or two flights. Yeah, the, what's most disturbing is like those are clearly like real stairs. Those aren't built for the movie. Like when I say like people definitely died, on those, like I mean definitely real life people have died on those stairs. They're so steep, and there's a ton like, of them. Concrete, they must be so slick in the rain. Yeah, there's a ton of them, and it's like nobody seems surprised when somebody falls in. Like, oh, it's, it's another one. Because every yeah. every staircase I've seen now that's like a long staircase like that, usually they're made out of like the metal grate, so that when it's raining yeah. or snowing. It doesn't like accumulate on the stairs and they become like a, a murder hazard. Yeah. And you still have some like grip and purchase on them. Yeah. It just though more than the demon possession, those stairs made me anxious. Yeah, the demon should have just possessed the set of stairs. <laughs> yeah. Probably would have had a higher kill count, but yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh that would be an incredible movie, The Demon Possessed Stairs. Yeah. So I don't um, I don't know is there anything else you want to say about this movie now that we're kind of towards the end or anything I think we didn't touch on or you think the 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 only thing is uh, so Father Karras goes uh, falls down the stairs and gets the last rites and stuff and then the movie kind of ends on uh, his priest buddy and the detective just walking down the street chatting yeah that seemed very strange to me that like these two supporting characters are what we like end on because well, it's not it's not like they're the last two alive I think the thing is that nobody knows what else yeah and i think that's like why we get the shot of the police officer looking into regan's window at the end he's like what is going on with this you know rich family that like now two people that have been close with them have died on these stairs so i think that's what the police officer is trying to get into and he's like do you want to go see a movie with me father at the end is he's trying Mm -hmm. to figure out what's going on here because he knows something's wrong something's amiss that can't be explained oh but he just there's not enough evidence and the kind of plausible case of, well, my daughter has a mental illness is like enough to where I don't know if a judge would be like, yo, you really got to like get a subpoena and grill this family about what's going on. Yeah. I, I read it as like, uh, like there's this big unknown and this mystery of it. And, and he's trying to figure it out from the father, but then they're also just sort of like growing out at the end there. And just when they go to get lunch, it, it feels more like when they go to get lunch, it's to like, enjoy each other's company rather than solve a mystery. And I, it, it just seems odd because we've talked about like the, the main characters in this movie are like really strong, really, really well fleshed out and stuff to then have it not end with like Chris and Reagan have it end with mm-hmm. the detective and this other guy. It I just mean, seems we odd get some to me. Ending. We get some closure on Chris we, we, and Reagan. Yeah, we story. get some closure they, on They them. move to a new house. Um, she yeah, seems, just, just the last bit that we get is on these two. She seems like she's more invested in religion, which it's one of those things yeah. that's like, I don't know, I would be. <laughs> if <laughs> yeah, I was sure. like, my child yeah. was possessed by a demon, but like, I'm never missing a rosary <laughs> yeah. at my local church. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it, I am not a religious person at all. If my son was possessed by the devil for three months, I'd be like, all right, well, I guess I'm getting up on Sundays again. <laughs> I thought I was done with that part of my life, but nope, turns out not. Yeah, you'd be getting rid of all the pictures in your house that aren't just of Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't think I really have anything else um, to talk about for this. I think that... Yeah, I'm, I'm I, curious uh, to see I'll, where the series goes. I, I know you uh, were, were itching to, to watch like Exorcist 3, I think. Yeah, that's what started was, this was all. What? And I mean, there's a couple of scenes in this movie that I recognize are sampled and stuff. Um, like the scene of uh, Damien screaming like, take me, take me. Yeah. That's sampled in some synthwave. Maybe Perturbator or Ghost sample it. Um, so I've heard mm. that clip before. But there's Those a couple things, scenes I'm in sure. Exorcist um, three that are sampled in heavy metal music. So oh, that oh, I see, I thought you had seen Exorcist three and were like, oh, it's a good one. No, mm-mm. and this was like a Blade three scenario where you're like, three is actually the best one, and we should no, there's we a, should get to that. There's one. a scene. There's a scene in the like a, a a soliloquy or monologue. I don't really know what the difference is between the two. Sure. It's um, sampled from the third movie that I was like, damn, that's a sick scene. And then I watched it. He's like, damn, that's a really good, like, visually appealing scene to watch. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to just, like, jump in and watch the third movie and, like, miss all the context. But I don't. Right. I think that I, this is still from an yeah. era of, like, movies where people didn't have, like, the idea of a cinematic universe where you had to watch all of them no, together. No, certainly not. Yeah. And I mean, uh, home video was not a thing yet. So, like, going back to watch the previous ones, like, Hopefully it's playing somewhere, but probably not mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I, I don't know how much connection there is between the movies. I think Linda Blair comes back for at least one of them, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. My point is, I know you're trying to goad me into picking Exorcist 2. I don't care what you pick. I'll pick Exorcist 2 <laughs> no matter what for my, my eventual next pick. Yeah. Uh, well, Okay, well, uh, uh, final thoughts on The Exorcist. Yeah, uh, pretty yeah. good. I, I Yeah, I think... This, and this conversation kind of makes me appreciate them more. Uh, the characters are like top notch uh, stuff in there. I like the kind of like slow, meditative, really getting to know them, really getting a feel for who they are. Um, I just feel like the uh, man, maybe it's the director's cut issue. Like there's a little too much meandering in the first half. Um, and uh, I'm, you know, possession does, just doesn't really scare me. So maybe that's. And it's that's on me. It's been a while since we've had a chance to talk. Have you seen anything lately you wanted to talk about? Have we talked about the movie Men? Did you see Men? I have not seen Men yet. I, I, no, I, I, you've warned me off of it. I'm probably still going to ignore those warnings and see it. But I've I've heard pretty pretty terrible things about it. Yeah, I would just I would wait until it's on Netflix or something. Um, yeah, I wouldn't if you if you have to rent it from a service. No, I paid yeah. fifty cents to see it and I still felt ripped off. <laughs> yeah um but other than that yeah i don't i don't think i've seen much horror lately uh i finally watched the matrix revolution or resurrections i know you wanted to oh, talk I, about that like six months ago how did, how did you I like it fucking, i thought it was all right it's i'm i don't know how i feel about it i don't know man i watched it yesterday or uh two days ago and i'm there's there's i'm still kind of like figuring it out there's a level of a movie being meta and self-referential that I think is yeah. like really acceptable. Like I think Scream, the 2022 Scream, did it really well. Um, yeah. But this movie, there are some times where they looked in the camera like, 
uh, haha, wouldn't it be so funny if the Matrix movies got turned into a franchise with merchandise? And I was just like, no, yeah. don't. The, the scene where they're like, Warner Bros. wants us to make another one. I thought they couldn't do that without us. Well, they're going to if we don't. Yeah. So just like really hit the nail on the head. Like, we don't actually want to be doing this, but we have to. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I feel like they could say no to working on it. And people would accept yeah. it because I mean it's the same with the Star Wars stuff. They have a new franchise, yeah. a new trilogy out, and the really dedicated fans are like, "It's not it, George Lucas isn't involved. It's not real Star Wars." Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like if the Wachowskis had <laughs> those, said, "Those fans got kind of New Yorker at the end there too," <laughs> I feel like if the Wachowskis had said, "We don't want to be involved because we don't like the direction you guys want to take the series," um, fans would have like applauded their decision to do that. Yeah, and, I, I get, but I also. I, I can also see, like, well, I don't want. I mean, I, I'm sure this mean that that story means a lot to them, mm-hmm. um, or, or I, I know only one of them came back, but uh, and so I, I can understand how, like, well, if it's if like it's going to happen, I want to have like I want to extend my vision. I want like I want to be in charge of these characters, mm-hmm. and and kind of continue that. So I, I like I don't fault. Uh, I think it's Lana Wachowski who comes back. Don't fault uh, her for doing that. Um, but yeah, it, it does feel a bit like uh, this is an idea that like, it, whereas the originals are like an idea that needed to be told, this feels more like, oh, we have to come up with an idea. All right, here's this. And there's some cool stuff in there that I like, but on the whole, it doesn't quite justify it existing. Yeah. And um, th- yeah. there were some scenes in it that I just didn't, it doesn't feel good anymore to see yeah. where it's like kind of mass violence of like everyone around you is a bot and it's okay to just execute them because they're not real people given the kind of, I know we're not trying to be political, but it's like given the kind of, it it seems like rise in mass shootings we've had. And the movie, like a big point of the movie is like the people around you are fake and, you know, not worthy of like extension of human rights. Um, Just to me felt very weird. And I just, didn't like it. The CGI somehow felt worse than the originals, um, which yeah. I also thought was like impressive that 2021 mm-hmm. CGI looks worse than 1999, 1998. Yeah. I think, I think 99 is the first one. Yeah. And just the movie overall felt really reactionary. Yes. Yeah. And just kind of in the worst, just the worst ways. I, I just, I didn't care for it. I, Neil Patrick's Harris, Neil Patrick Harris character was also like just over the top misogynistic and like just such a comical way that it's like, yeah. I just didn't care for his dialogue as well. Uh, yeah, I, I know I, uh, when you say how it's reactionary, I, I get that. I kind of would have liked if they leaned more into like, uh, everyone who talks about the red pill after that is a fucking idiot on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and how that's kind of been adopted by, uh, uh, a certain group of uh, shithead, but um, but yeah, it, it, it does feel kind of toothless in that way. Like they like they didn't commit to anything very hard, and then which I think I think this movie would have been like it was all right, but then also the action is kind of pedestrian and not very exciting, and like nothing lives up to like any of the stuff from the original trilogy. Like it, each one of those movies has like at least one like great action scene. Yeah. And this one feel like I, 
uh, like motorcycle chase at the end was kind of like uh, all right whatever the scene yeah. the scene where they like pointlessly reintroduce all the old villains from matrix 2 when they're fighting yeah. the clock tower or the warehouse also just like did, it didn't stick and i fully yeah. agree that like matrix 2 is the one i like the least um of the yeah. original trilogy but it has some really cool action scenes yeah that's got like the big like highway chase scene, which is fucking sick. Stellar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's great. They like built their own highway for it. It's fucking incredible. Yeah, and as as um, memeable as it is, I really like the scenes with the architect in the hmm. in Matrix Two, where he like talks about philosophy. And as a kid, yeah. I didn't understand any of that scene. But Not going, one goddamn word. Going that, back yeah. and watching it as an adult, I was like, oh yeah, this movie was like way more clever and way better than it got credit for at the time. And it's like kind of disappointing to have watched the matrix movies again and like see that matrix one was the only one that people really seem to like and that people kind of said the other two are crap and bad yeah i i think this i think there's more to like in those sequels than people give them credit for um but the i mean the first one is obviously the best um but yeah i i and so i i'm sort of in that mindset too where it's like i don't i don't hate the sequels and i didn't hate watching this one like overall i was like yeah that's all right but I, it doesn't, it doesn't quite feel like a full Matrix movie. Well, the thing that's going to be funny is since we both kind of talked about how the original ones, going back and watching some parts, we like them more than what we thought. I wonder if that'll yeah. happen with this one as well. That I think it's possible. Yeah. yeah, but I think I think like given like five ten years time, I could watch this again and be like, oh, all right, I, I get I get a little bit more what they were going for. Have you seen anything else good recently? Uh, that is a great question. I rewatched The Witch recently. Oh, how was it? So that's a great movie. Yeah, I think I think that's one of our lost episodes too. But uh, I think I was a little cold on it the last time I saw it. But no, I, I really I dug it this time. I liked it. I think that we both yeah. maybe we both agreed that we liked it up until the end. Um, yeah, that sounds like it might be. The case. I know we have a recording of it. Maybe I'll upload that yeah. as well for the the listeners. Yeah, we watched The Witch 2016. Looks like April 24th, 2016. Oh, boy. Oh, we were so young. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bob's Burgers movie was great. I loved it. Oh, I, yeah, uh, I haven't seen that yet. Elvis movie, fantastic. I really enjoyed it as well. The movie oh, I've heard feels like it was edited on a mountain of cocaine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the first 45 minutes are a train wreck. But the last yeah. half of the movie is so good. It totally mm. makes up for it. The, the last half of the movie is like just powerful. Really good movie. Huh. I really enjoyed the Elvis I, movie. I'm I'm not uh, I'm not really a fan of Boz Lerman, the director. Yeah, me neither. Kind of because of that like that very frenetic editing style he has, and everything's like fast motion, color, sound, everything coming at you. Um, but uh, I mean. Uh, hearing that hearing you say that uh, it's like oh maybe there's and I've heard like the, the main guy's performance is spectacular yeah. Um, um, yeah. I mean my yeah my biggest criticism of the movie is just the first half the first third the editing's bad and for some reason they edit in a lot of modern music where it's like look I, I don't want hmm. this movie to just be a musical but I would have rather yeah. heard more Elvis stuff and like seen more yeah. snippets of him performing or maybe the music that inspired Elvis um, than mm. getting like Doja Cat and Eminem yeah. doing performances oh, in here. Yeah, it just weird. felt weird yeah. to have like a dubstep Doja Cat song in an Elvis movie 
where they're like trying to talk about life in the 50s and 60s <laughs> and it's like there's those no that <laughs> yeah um her dad wasn't even alive yet <laughs> top gun maverick i don't know if you've seen that yet i, I still have not seen it never saw the original oh even. interesting yeah I think the only other thing I've watched that maybe we haven't talked about is Murder Mystery, the 2019 Adam Sandler. Fuck, I can't remember who else is in that movie with him. Um, <laughs> I, oh, uh, Jennifer Aniston, yeah, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't see it, but that, that sounds vaguely familiar. It was a movie that my wife and I put on, and we were both like on our phones during the movie. But yeah. honestly, as far as a movie to have on the background while you're on your phone, pretty good. Pretty fun. Hmm. I mean, some of the jokes... I, I think I've heard that one's all right. Yeah. yeah. The, the, some of the jokes landed with us, the physical comedy, or just kind of like the the actual jokes, and it really landed. Um, they give you enough clues as to who the murderer is that you could probably figure it out if you were paying attention. Hmm. I mean, my wife guessed yeah. it. Um, but it's not so obvious that it's like it's ruined in the first 15 minutes of the film. Right, right. Um, yeah, I think the only other big thing I saw recently, I finally saw the Batman. Oh, what'd you think? Um, uh, overall, I, I liked it. It kind of felt like they were like, let's do the Dark Knight again, but even more real. Yeah. Um, I, and I really uh, liked it up until the end. Yeah, I was, I was about to say uh, some spoilers for this movie that's been out for months and months. I'm, I'm the only one who saw it so late. But uh, it did feel like the last half hour, they were like, oh, shit, right, this is a Batman movie. He has to punch them guys all right bring in like 20 guys from the punch here we go um yeah and it's feel and like the city gets flooded and it's like was that i didn't realize that like there was a seawall to be destroyed yeah. that wasn't established at any point yeah i didn't um, i didn't like the endings everything after they catch the riddler felt tacked on like they yeah. were like we need to shoot more and more stuff so that if we have to leave stuff on the editing room floor there's still enough that we can make a 10-hour movie um, yeah i didn't like any of that stuff after that it just felt too long um yeah and usually i don't usually movies will self will reference real life political characters in such a way it feels comical and you're just like oh come on um but yeah. i think this movie's stand-in for a progressive aoc-esque character was actually pretty well done um uh yeah i i i, know, I didn't feel like we got really enough of her to have much of an opinion of her but I, I mean she like shows some bravery at the yeah. end and stuff so yeah yeah it wasn't bad yeah and it's like I said usually when they have in like a, a real life political character it's just like a joke it's a farce yeah yeah I did not care for the Nirvana song that they redo for this movie um, what about the third and fourth time they no. played it was that no, no. oh okay <laughs> please that's a trend <laughs> in movies that needs to end yeah <laughs> But I, I gave that one four stars, The Batman. It was better than I expected. Yeah. Usually I don't like superhero movies a whole lot, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I overall I liked it uh, quite a bit, and like I could definitely see myself watching it again, but I'm also like, when the fuck am I going to have three hours again? I'm never watching that again. <laughs> so that's a one and done. Um, yeah. I don't think there's enough there to be like, this justifies a rewatch. Yeah, yeah, it's the same. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think the mystery is gonna be like, oh, I missed that the first time. Yeah, it's the same thing. with the Elvis movie. Yeah. I don't think I would rewatch that. Maybe if my wife really you're, wanted to you're, watch you're it. You're not a big rewatch guy, though. No, I, I, I'll rewatch movies if the movie's good. Yeah. If I think there's enough kind of there that I want to chew over some scenes again, I'll do it. Yeah, all right. I'm um, like, I would watch Top Gun Maverick a second time. The movie fucking slaps. Yeah. I watched The Northman <laughs> twice. That movie was great. 
Um, I watched Everything Everywhere All at Once twice. Another fantastic that's, movie. Oh, yeah. I also saw that movie. I cried myself in half in that movie. Really? That's, I, I sh- that's probably my favorite movie of the year so far. I, I shed like two tears. It. And I wiped yeah. them away and I made sure my friends I was seeing it with didn't see them. That's, I'm, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> you have the biggest dick in all of the land. You're the manliest no, man. All of us at the end of the movie were like, you guys cried? And we were all like, yeah, I cried. I shed a couple yeah. of tears that. Um, so yeah, it was great. I mean, just a fantastic film, super fun. Yeah. And I absolutely love that. Movie. I like the movie's big takeaways, like nihilism is for losers. Um, cause I feel like mm-hmm. that's a message people need to hear right now. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah. Unbearable way to massive talent. Have you seen it? I saw that. Did yep. we talk about it? Uh, uh, I don't think so. I liked it. Yeah. Nick Cage had his most Nick Cage. Yeah. He's just really, really Nick Cage. In it if up. you have Nick Cage oh. throw pillows, it's the movie for you. <laughs> hypothetically speaking if such a person exists um, um, yeah I thought it was fun I watched it with a friend we both I think in the beginning I was like the first 20 minutes I was like this movie's gonna suck like he's talking mm-hmm. to himself he's losing his mind his family life is falling apart I don't want some like boring meta commentary on like how being a celebrity is hard like boo hoo yeah. I'm, a, I'm a mega millionaire <laughs> my life's tough um, but they didn't go that route and it was like a nice no. change of pace. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Fun movie. Yeah, I think I'm, it might have been a little overhyped for me, but I, I still enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. I didn't even know it was a Nick Cage movie when I went and saw it. Oh, wow. Yeah, my, That's the way to do I, it. Since yeah. I have the the Regal Unlimited All Access Pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my mm-hmm. friend was like, let's go see this Unbearable Weight movie. And I was like, I don't know anything about it. Sounds good. Yeah. I I recently did that with the, uh, the horror movie X. Mm-hmm. Uh, we... we uh, I went and saw that with previous uh, guest of the podcast, Skyler, mm-hmm. and I like I had no idea what it was. He just like he held my hand and took me into the theater. Um, so it was, it's very fun to just be like I have I don't know what's about to happen to me. It it feels in this movie. It's it feels like we're teens again and we're going to see movies yeah. after school and we're just walking <laughs> yeah. in uh, twenty minutes after the movie started. This <laughs> kind of like the opening tension. We're coming in during the rising tensions. We've got Wendy's hidden in our backpack. <laughs> yeah, it feels very much like that to just like see a movie, not watch the trailer, find a showtime, and just go and see it. Yeah. Have you seen Northman yet? Oh yeah, I saw enough. I think we talked yeah, about I, that. I, I I thought Northman was great. Yeah, I think it's I, I, I think so. that's my pick of the year so far. Northman and yeah, Top Gun Maverick. That's that's up there for me. It's, yeah. I thought Top Gun Maverick was going to be so dumb. <laughs> we watched Top Gun the day before. I was like, I'm prepared to think this movie is like pointless and trite and just like a waste of time and an ego project uh, for Tom Cruise. And I walked out of it going like, Tom Cruise is the greatest actor of all time. He's immortal. <laughs> I'm ready to convert yes. to Scientology. Whatever they are putting I was, in the water. I was just about to say, a lot of Scientology. Whatever they're putting in the water for Tom Cruise, it fucking works. So... <laughs> But I think that's it. I think we've wrapped yeah, through. We, I think we, we've rambled enough yeah, about we, we uh, before we rushed. We ran long for our five listeners. They're going to enjoy the friendship simulator that we produced this week. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. And then I think all that's left is uh, you need to pick. We've been killing oh, sure. this time I, yeah, and you I never picked. Never came down to pick. Um, yeah, I once again, I know I know your long game is to get to Exorcist 3, but especially now that I know it's, you haven't even fucking seen it. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on uh I'm, I'm not gonna throw my pick away on Exorcist. 2. Perfect. Um, so <laughs> I should be a dick and pick Exorcist three right now. <laughs> Just <laughs> skip the second one. No, uh, I'm gonna a real real dark horse pick for me. 
It's a movie I've been meaning to rewatch for quite a while. I want to, I want to watch Paranorman, the uh, stop-motion animated film. I think it's from like 2011, 12, somewhere around there. By, I think it's by the studio that did Chicken Run. I really enjoyed it. I want to watch it again. And I'm going to make you do it too. Um, this is one that I'm going to go 2016 era Walter and adjust my glasses and pull up my jorts <laughs> and be like, um, this is a children's movie and not an actual horror film. It is, it is children's movies. There there are monsters in it. I I stand by this. If, if, I, if we watch Vampire Hunter D, you can fucking watch Paranorman. No, this movie looks sick. I'm just looking at the cover poster now. It looks fun. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a lot of fun. And yeah, I, I watched it years ago and liked it, and it just I've been meaning to give it another watch. Cool. Well, I'm excited to watch so, yeah. Paranorman when we come back. And thank you, listeners out there, for sitting through this long, rambling, meandering yeah. episode. It's been a lot of fun sure. recording with Walter, seeing him on camera again instead of just listening to old episodes. I mean, like 2016 was a bad year but a good year oh yeah god we didn't know what was coming <laughs> boy it's even worse when you go back and listen to our ones from like 2014 yeah and we're just like those, those halcyon days <laughs> so bright eyed and full of common wonder <laughs> um, but anyways thanks for listening to another episode of the Horus uh, make sure to give us a like five stars comment anything tell your friends yeah, anything helps and I don't think there's anything else to say. Um, I don't think so. Just thank you, folks. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye.